0: we love you tonight and we bless you tonight and we praise you tonight we thank you for everything that you do thank you for your words thank you for your Holy Spirit Holy Spirit come and do what you want to do come and touch us come and change us, come and fill us fresh pour out fresh oil new wine thank you for your words we bless you we praise you Hungry. Thirsty. Free. I mean, really. I like it. Man, Layla, welcome back. (laughs) I missed you. Praise God. You guys come over here. Come sit in the middle here. Come fill in the middle, please. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Who do we have out there besides Miss Teresa and security? Anybody else is out there? Yeah, go get them besides security and Miss Teresa. Don't get them. Yeah, get everybody else. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the Word and for the Spirit. It's my survival in a world... Whoo, Man. You know, we've never lived in a time like this. The Bible says the prophets of old long to live in the time that you and I are living in, which is an amazing thing. Hallelujah. A few Sundays ago, I started a series called Cultivating a Sensitivity to the Supernatural. Right? Tonight, I want to talk to you about contending for the presence of Jesus. Contending for the presence of Jesus. So let's just do this first. If you need an offering envelope, go ahead and get your offering ready. We'll just go ahead and take up an offering. Praise God. We're getting ready to go into the summer months. In the name of Jesus, we will not have a summer slump. In the nombre de Cristo, fuego de Dios, Espíritu Santo. Amen. No summer slump. No summer slump. Hallelujah. We got everybody coming, I guess? Okay, good. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Make sure they get in on this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For our Word and Spirit conference this year in September, which is a Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, we're going to have Richard Moore and Todd DeLay. So Todd DeLay is going and Daphne. Daphne will do a women's meeting Saturday morning. Okay? And that will be a, a great weekend. We also have Kevin and Annie Durant coming in. They travel with Brother Hagan for a while. He's a trumpet person, and she preaches. And so we have them coming in, I think, in July on a Sunday morning. I've, I've never met them or anything. Richard Moore recommended. So he said, you need to have Kevin and Annie Durant. And I said, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. You know? So they travel with Brother Hagin. So we're going to have Richard, Richard and Rhonda Moore. Richard and Rhonda are going to do, uh, well, Richard is going to do Friday night and Saturday night, and then Saturday morning, Pastor Daphne, and then Sunday morning, Sunday night, will be Pastor Todd. So, that'll be awesome. Um, and I did uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of their camp meeting. I just got back, you know, on Thursday, late Thursday. And on the Tuesday night, it was really amazing. So, I feel like there's just something about this sermon I don't know, there's just something about this message that seemingly the Lord won't let me let it go. I don't know, he's trying to get something across into at least the influence of our ministry to the people that we're called to. Yeah. I just can say that. You know, you guys got to pray for me because sometimes I get really discouraged. That's right. I mean, I do, I do. You know, when, you, when you've put as much effort And you've swung the bat as hard as you can in a town that may or may not really receive your gift. Mm -hmm. Not that Pastor Marie and I aren't perfect, but who's not? (laughs) Hello, somebody. Can you say amen? And sometimes I have to encourage myself in the Lord, you know, that we're not just called to be a church, but we're called to be a world's missions and have a Bible school and reach the lost, okay? But sometimes I get a little discouraged you know, and, and looking at the body of Christ, which is, is Christ's body, and I'll just tell you, they need revival. They need a major we need a major, major outpouring that will shake the body in the United States of America. I'm just telling you. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I mean I'm I'm not just saying it. It's true. And and we need something in the in the United States to shake just, just the three hundred million or 307 million people here in the United States of America. We need something to shake. Amen. Come on. I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not kidding. We need a great awakening. Like over the years have been great awakenings. We need God's presence to. I don't want Plant City to miss. Brother Don, do you want Plant City to miss the move of God? Man, I don't either. I don't want Plant City to miss the move of God. And, I don't, I don't even know what I know. I mean, all I, I only know from past revivals on how they are and things like that. There's got to come a hunger in, in people's hearts. There just has to be. I don't know. I think sometimes maybe the Lord uses us when there's pastors and ministers that are praying for a revival And then all of a sudden we go there and we're like, okay, because, you know, usually what happens is when pastors or ministers are praying for revival, God will send them a person. I mean, that's just true. You got Charles Finney, Charles, the pastors got to a point where in in the city that they were desperate and things like that. And so God sent Charles Finney and, you know, in the Hebride Island revival, you got Duncan Campbell. The pastors and the ministers were praying for revival and God sent Duncan Campbell. I mean, Jesus told the woman at the well, if you have known the gift of God, if you would have known the gift of God, you would have asked of Him living water, and He would have given it to you. But they didn't, he, she didn't recognize the gift of God. And sometimes people don't recognize the gift of too busy looking at the package. Yeah, that's, right. well, that's a good word right there. Come on, hello somebody. Send revival, send revival. I'm going to send a man or a woman. Ah, well, you know, not through them. Ah, no, we don't know you. Right. If you would have known the gift, would have known the gift of God. Yeah. So I do get discouraged sometimes. Please pray for me. I do. Come on, I do. I get discouraged. I'm being honest with you. I get discouraged sometimes when you feel like you've really poured sweat, blood, tears, snot on the carpet. I mean, everything. I mean, you know, hello. Come on now. And, and you've poured thousands of dollars. Did you know we have poured thousands of dollars into this community? Thousands. Do you know that the Plant City event which we did in 2017, even though we had 2,500 people, you know how much that thing cost? $15,000 that thing cost. That's 15000 15, guys. Babe, is that correct? $15,000 for the Plant City Stadium? What now, honey? Oh, that's right, because we had one church join us. And, and, and we geared it not as a life family church event. We geared it as a community event. And only one church, and that was Bishop Epps Church, joined us and donated $1,000. Now, I'm not complaining or anything like that. I mean, there was 150 people that I guess we could count that received Christ. And I think we water baptized 25, something like that. Okay, that's cool. I'll take that harvest. That was worth fourteen grand. <laughs> Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. You know, and how many flyers since we've been here for almost, almost 10 years? How many flyers? Where's Andrew? He probably knows because he probably passed out a whole heck of a lot of them. Praise God. How many flyers do you think we've passed out in 10 years, 9 years? Over 50,000 flyers. Door hangers. Door to door. Every Saturday. Every Saturday. You know, how many community events have we done when we were really doing those community events? You know, we would go to the ballparks and the open community areas and we would go out there. And isn't that right? And pass out flyers and all that kind of stuff and have hamburgers and hot dogs and do a little. Comm- how many have we we've done every park in Plant City? More than once. Some of them. At least twice. And right now we have postcards that are going out every single month. We pay a Vista print to send out postcards to let people know, and all the social media and everything like that. To, to, to stand before the throne of God and say, well, you know what, at least I gave it my best shot. God would go, yeah, you're right, <laughs> you sure did. Right? Hello? And, you know, it's okay, we're, we're going after the harvest. I don't, mind, I don't mind that. I don't mind going after the harvest. If that's all we get is the harvest, I'm okay with that. Can you say amen? Amen. Yeah, I mean, you, like I said, we can't have a black van and do drive-by, drive-by salvation. We might, <laughs> we might end
1: up implementing that in there.
0: <laughs> because those of you that have gone soul winning, how many of you, people say, well, I'll be there Sunday. I'll be there. Anybody, anybody besides me that they told me, yeah, I'll be there Sunday. I'll see you. Thank you for coming by. I appreciate you praying with me. I'll be there Sunday. Can't tell you how many, how many. So you can't force people to come to church. Come on, hello, somebody. So what does that mean? There has to be an awakening. There has to be the presence of God to grip the hearts of men for them to come into the realization we're lost and we need a, we need a Savior. Can you say amen? All right, okay, that was the offering message. Praise God, amen. Are you ready to give? Praise God, say amen. amen. Father, we love you. Your people love you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And Father, as we plant seed, many souls will be won because of it. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, just
2: but I will take it, whether it be pain or pleasure. Life is dark and blue, happy than it's hurt. But if you call it an adventure, then it ain't so bad. Together we touch the sky. Wherever we go, we fly. Forever we know adventures in the air tonight.
0: Bibles if you would please, to the book of Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24. And we're going to pick it up in verse 13. Luke 24:13, please. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. If you there, say yay. yay. All right. I'm going to read to you the Passion Translation. It says this. Later that Sunday, two of Jesus' disciples were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Somebody asked me, why did we worship on Sunday? Because Jesus was risen on a, on a Sunday. That's the reason why. And Jesus actually, in the book of Matthew, said that he was the Lord of the Sabbath. Did he not say that? Okay. So the Sabbath is for a rest. So whether your Sabbath is on a Saturday, which is in Jewish tradition, hello, Come on now. Or whether your Sabbath is on Sunday, whatever Sabbath day that you have, that's the Lord's day. He's not bound by religion or tradition. Can you say amen? Amen. Yeah. So here, particularly, it says that there were two of the disciples, and they were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey about 17 miles. They were in the midst of a discussion about all the events the last few days when Jesus walked up and accompanied them in their journey. They were unaware that it was Jesus walking alongside them. Wow. Is it possible that we can't recognize when it's really Jesus? It's a possibility. They were unaware that it was Jesus walking alongside them, for God prevented them from recognizing him. Jesus said to them, You seem to be in a deep discussion about something. What are you talking about so sad and gloomy? They stopped, and one named Cleopas answered, Haven't you heard, like, where you been? Come on, hello. Are you the only one in Jerusalem unaware of the things that have happened in the last few days? Jesus asked, what things? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? No, come on. The things about Jesus. The man from Nazareth, they replied, he was a mighty prophet of God who performed miracles and wonders. His words were very powerful, and he had great favor with God and the people. But three days ago, the high priest and the rulers of the people sentenced him to death and had him crucified. We all hope that he was the one who would redeem and restore and rescue Israel. Early this morning, some of the women informed us of something amazing. They said they went to the tomb and found it empty. They claimed two angels appeared and told them that Jesus was now alive. Some of us went to see for ourselves and found the tomb exactly like the women said, but no one was inside and no one could see him. Jesus said to them, why are you so thick-headed? Do you know anybody that might be like that? I think sometimes I'm thick-headed. You ever ever admit that you're thick-headed? I mean, it would take an act of humility to actually admit that you're (laughs) thick-headed. So I was like, hello, my fly. (laughs) Why do you find it so hard to believe every word the prophets have spoken? We could actually make that statement today. Why is it so hard for all of us to believe the very words that God has said? Was it necessary for Christ the Messiah to experience and suffer all these things and then afterward enter into his glory? Then he carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself throughout Scripture. He started from the beginning and explained the writings of Moses and all the prophets, showing how they wrote of him and revealed the truth, and he revealed the truth of him, about himself. As they approached the village, Jesus walking on ahead, telling them he was going on a distant place, they urged him to remain there and pleaded, stay with us. What did they do? They contended. They constrained. To constrain is to stop someone from doing something, or, constrain is prevent somebody from going further. They constrained him. Now, how would that look today? Ever heard of the term afterglow? Nobody's ever heard of the term afterglow? I know, I know, I got some Rama brothers and sisters in here. We understand afterglow. What is afterglow? It's the meeting after the meeting. It's the meeting when a whole bunch of people think that the meeting is over with and they leave. And then, the meeting starts. It's the meeting after the meeting. Now, let me tell you, we've been a part of those kind of services. The meeting after the meeting, and that's when I've seen some of the greatest moves of the Holy Ghost. I remember when uh, Brother Higgin had visited Pastor Reggie Scarborough's church many years ago, and it was during the time that revival was really moving you know, Brother Rodney had come. You know, he started up in 1989 up in New York. And by, you know, four or five, four years later, you know, he's down in Lakeland and all that kind of stuff in the Lakeland outpouring in 1993, you know, at Carpenter's Home Church. And then Brother Rodney was visiting some of the other churches. And then Pastor, I mean, Brother Hagan started flowing in some of the gifts of the Spirit and started flowing with the joy. And I remember at Brother Reggie's, and all of a sudden it seemed like the meeting was over with. And Brother Hagan had kind of went in the back room, and then there was kind of an exodus, but I stayed, Pastor Marie stayed, we stayed a little bit. And then Brother Hagen came back out. And, and, I, and I think that was the first time I ever seen somebody dance in the Holy Ghost. It was a praise and worship leader, and it hit the whole worship team, and they all started dancing, and the praise and worship leader was spinning like a top. That was the first time I saw that, dancing in the Holy Ghost. And I was like, wow. And the place was like joy, fallen out but it was the meeting after the meeting. What did the people do? They constrained Jesus. Stay with us. Stay with me. Don't leave. Probably some of you have never heard me ever say that ever before about really constraining and staying after. Some of the greatest moves that I've seen is the meeting after the meeting. Some of the greatest healings I've seen is the meeting after the meeting when there's very few people. One particular young man who came in, it was a meeting after the meeting. There was about 15 of us. He was sitting in the back. He broke the growth plate in his foot, playing basketball. He came in and laid hands on him, miraculous power, healed him. He He took the cast off, went back to the doctor. He was totally healed. But that was the meeting after the meeting. Sometimes when we feel like we've prayed enough, Stay a little extra, five minutes more, and see what happens. Sometimes when you feel like you've praised enough, praise a little more and see what happens. If you can learn to constrain Jesus, learn to constrain him. And as a matter of fact, they said they pleaded with him not to go on. He said, stay with us. It will be dark soon. So Jesus went with them into the village, joining them. So number one, cultivating Jesus' presence in your life. You've got to learn to constrain God's presence in your life. It's important. It's important that you develop that relationship. And you can't just have it in church. You have to have it at home. You have to learn to drink on the road. You have to learn to drink in your house. You've got to learn when you go into your prayer closet, can you get drunk there? Hello? Just as much as you get drunk in the service. The number one, the number one thing that Satan will do to prevent you from going deeper with God is making you too busy. Come on, hello somebody. Amen. He'll make you busy. He'll make you busy. i got to do this. i got to do this. got. So really it's distractions. Distractions. It was the Apostle Paul and the distraction of the messenger of Satan, which was a demonic spirit, to actually cause an upheaval in the Apostle Paul's ministry. Did you know that? The thorn in the flesh was not sickness. The thorn in the flesh was a messenger of Satan. The Bible is very, very clear on that. So there was delivered unto me a messenger of Satan to buffet my body. Well, what does that mean? That means this demon spirit would travel around following the Apostle Paul. And obviously demons knew who he was because there was one time there were some Jewish exorcists in the book of Acts casting out demons, right? And all of a sudden you got the Jewish exorcist and the demon spoke through the man, right? Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? I mean, there's only, there's only two places in the Bible where people were streaking. That was one guy, and then the guy in the garden. Praise God, amen. I mean, it's true, it's true. Walking through the streets with no clothes on. I wonder if there's an influential demonic spirit for all the nudist camps here in Florida. Praise God, amen. Just got to take the clothes off. God, no, please tired of all the squirrels coming to my house because <laughs> they've been scared off that property and they all left scared all the squirrels <laughs> all the livestock and the birds they don't even go around that area it's just too scary <laughs> no you know, you got to learn to constrain you got to learn with god's presence it's important it's important that you keep that presence Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God lives in you. Say this with me: the God of the universe, of the universe makes, his home, makes his home, makes his abode, makes his abode inside, me. inside me. Now think about that for a brief second. If you really think about that, Monday through Friday, what you watch, what you see, how you talk, how you act during your during the day at work. Come on, hello, somebody. God lives in me. God lives in me. You, you say that for an entire week. God lives in me. Just start meditating on God lives in me. God, the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the, the creator that creates with his mouth and the words that he says produce. Oh, hallelujah. Lives in me, lives in me, lives in me. God lives in me, God lives in me. God, live, God lives in me. God, God Almighty, the creator. The 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 magnificent one, the I am that I am, the El Shaddai, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sitkenu, Jehovah Shalom, El, (laughs) Jehovah Jireh. uh, He lives in me. He will always be there. He will always. I wonder if you could actually be depressed and have the God of the universe living inside of you. I wonder if you could be broke. Come on now, if, you were, if we really believe. If we really believe. Not that you don't have to fight discouragement. I'm not talking about that. I'm not, I'm not talking when t- depression is trying to come on you. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hello. There's a big difference if depression comes on you. Right. But if it tries to come on you, hello somebody, to cause discouragement. Mm-hmm. For what? So you'll quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Backslide. Backslide. Fall away. Not get around God. Brother Copeland said this. He said, God's like a triangle. He said, the top is God. When you first get born again, God gives you some latitude because you've got your pampers on and you're growing. But watch this. The closer you get to God, it leaves little room for compromise. How do we know that? Because Moses had an anger problem. Come on, right? He had an anger issue. Come on now. He's killed. He killed the Egyptian. Thought he was doing God a favor. He was commissioned of the Lord to deliver the Israelites out of the hands of the Egyptians. So he thought, I'm going to do it by the natural. And God intended to do it by the supernatural, right? So he killed the Egyptian, right? And then he ran for his life. Come on now, because now he's a murderer. Hello. And even when he was anointed, even after he was anointed, he was supposed to speak to the rock, but he struck it a second time. He was ruining the plan of Almighty God. Because the rock was symbolic of Jesus, hello, and when Moses struck it once, hello, that was the only time that Jesus was to be struck, just one time. But because Moses got angry, and instead of speaking to the rock, he struck it a second time, and guess what? He missed the promised land. The closer you get to God, it leaves little room for compromise. 23 years of ministry, if people want to get close to me and Pastor Marie, but guess what? The closer you get to Pastor Marie, the greater the target on you. Lucifer was the third cherubim around the throne of God. Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. Lucifer. And Lucifer turned out a flake. Judas was around Jesus. Yeah. Turned out a flake. Right. Okay. Got close to Jesus for three and a half years. Ate with him, slept with him. And they co- labored together for three and a half years. Peter almost lost it. And Jesus had to tell him, Peter, go tell, go tell Peter. That's right. He specifically mentioned his name. Because Peter was a high-eye personality. High eye. And it was probably subject to depression. Especially after he opened his big mouth. Eyes sometimes have big mouths. Yeah. Lord, I will I'll never forsake you. I won't leave you. Before the day's out. Peter, are you gonna deny me? No, I'm not. <laughs> Come on, hello. No wonder Jesus. Why? Because Jesus, watch it. Peter denied the Lord three times, and how many times did Jesus tell him he loved him? Three times. So what was he doing? He was digging up the seed. Digging up that seed. Mark, John, Mark. I'll go, Paul and Timothy, I'll go. No, I go Paul and Barnabas. I'll go. I'll go in the missionary dirties. The first sign of trouble, John marks like I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't like this rock throwing whip thing going on. Praise God, Amen. I am not a masochist. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hello, come on, Ella. Amen. Amen. I don't know if I should go to a church or not. Every time I start going to church, the devil's really getting me. I've heard that. How many people, how many relatives, how many... Let me see your hand. (laughs) Every time I get my life right with God and I start going to church, the devil's really after me. Well, sure he is, because you're leaving his camp, because he's got you already. Hello, somebody. Amen. Sure he's going to come after you, because he's already got you. He do not want to lose you, so he's going to go after you, because you're getting your life right, and you're going to church, and you're getting the Word. Because if, he, if you discover that the authority that you have over him, you won't be defeated in financially, physically, emotionally, merity, or anything. And then he tells you the lie. Don't go to church. Don't go after God. I'll come and get you. <laughs> Isn't that true? You do whisper in your ear, Don't go after God. And then they start to convince themselves, every time I have to go after God, it seems like, God, it seems like Satan just comes and gets me. Well, if it had only done him He's already got you, he doesn't want you to escape. There's a 28-year-old, 29-year-old, 30-year-old, I don't know how old she is, in Congress right now. I read an article yesterday. This is what she said. When I moved into my New York flat, there was a switch above where the sink was. So I went over there and I flipped the switch and some monster was growling in my sink. She said that. There was a monster growling in my sink. And then she said, my 3.5 million Instagrams, they began to tell me that's called a garbage disposal. And she said, listen, I've never seen one ever in my whole entire life. Is it in environmentally safe? That's what she said. Is it environmentally safe? Oh my. Truly, the insane have not yet totally been committed. How dumb can you get and still breathe air? You've got to learn to constrain his presence. It's his presence. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. It's important constraining Jesus to constrain his presence. How do you do that? You have to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. You cannot be so busy with busy life that you forget to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. What are you doing? You're recognizing the greater one that's on the inside of you. Checking on the inside constantly. If he lives on the inside of you, check with him. Always, every morning when you get up, invite the Holy Spirit to be a part of your daily life. It's important because it's the Holy Spirit that took the place of Jesus here on the earth. Holy Spirit, help me today. I need some help. What can I do? Lately, I've been thanking God on the inside. I've just been thanking, Lord. I just thank you that you preserve me. I thank you that you're protecting me. I thank you that you have a hedge of protection around me, my family, the church, the church members. Thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing. Thank you that I'm strong in my weaknesses. Thank you. Thank you for protecting me. Hello. And and now I'm really beginning to recognize when the enemy is up to his no good whether it's with us or in the body or whatever it is. It's like, oh, my God, he's messing, man. You, you don't think that Satan has assigned demons to prevent this ministry from going around the world? It's absolute truth. That is the truth. I've seen it. 23 years of ministry, I've seen it. Hello. But i got good news. There's also angels That have been dispatched. Praise God. And my Bible says there's more with us than there are with them. Hello, somebody. Amen. So I just say to hell with the devil. Praise God. There you go. And the demons. There you go. Resist him and he will flee from you in stark terror. Amen. If you want more God's presence in your life, then there are things in your life that you have to do. You have to develop your character. Be a person of your word. Even to your own hurt. I cannot tell you that God makes me keep my words. He makes me. Reminds me all the time you gotta keep your word, you gotta keep your word, you gotta, character, character, character. I've just learned, I've learned to slow this down a little bit. Come on, hello. I can't tell you over the years on how many people have said, oh, listen, I got this getting ready to close, and I got this deal really close, and once I get this closed, and then we're going to send you a really big offering. And I'm like, don't, 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 don't. Don't say it. Don't Don't say it. No, please, please. When we get this through, then we're really going to, no, don't, don't, don't say it. Because what happens if the deal doesn't go through? Right. No, if you feel led to do an offering or support the ministry, just start doing with what you have right now. Hello, somebody. In. Amen. And let that grow and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, God gave you the impression, but just don't wait till your ship comes in because what, well, baby, your ship may never come in. You know, character, integrity, people of our word. Faithful, faithful, faithful faithfulness, faithful to stay the course. If we want God's presence in our life, we have to repent quickly anytime we lean toward evil. Anytime we lean toward evil, we've got to repent quickly. Oh, I entertained that. Forgive me, forgive me. I'm sorry. Oh, man, forgive me. I I told her the other day, I said, I had this thought, baby, can you help me out right now? Just help me," she said. "Yeah, baby, I'll help you out. That's good. Yeah. Amen. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. I mean, I, I'm recognizing these things. I'm recognizing the arrows mm-hmm. yep. that are being shot at me. That's right. That's right. get that shield of faith. Amen. I get the helmet of salvation. I get the breastplate of righteousness. My loins girded with truth. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. And I think sometimes maybe the enemy gets us so busy, so busy with the things of life that we may not even recognize. Oh, It's it's a good word. It's a good word. It's a good word. It's a good word. think sometimes we have to be self-recognizing where we may be missing it. And it's okay to do a self-evaluation. It really is. It's a good, it's okay to look at oneself and go, okay, am I being checked in my heart? Did I do this? Did I not do this? I want to put on humility because humility is my protection from deception. So if I did mess up, then I'm going to repent Hello, and I have to say, did I, did I, did I, did I, did I? And if I'm not seeing, please, Father, remove the blinders from my eyes so that I can see what I cannot see. And then just get it right with the person. Thank you for those three amens and enthusiasm. I mean, we just need to do that. Praise God. We have to avoid, if we're going to have God's presence in our life, we have to avoid grieving the Holy Ghost. Big difference between grieving and quenching. Grieving is by the words of our mouth. If we're speaking words of doubt, unbelief, I never have enough, I'm not going to make it, I'm always depressed, my marriage is bad, my kids, if we and if we're voicing that, if we're voicing out of our mouths, then our words are going into the atmosphere and now they're there, they're creating, they're creating. Are you listening to me? Yeah, they're creating, they're creating. So if we speak words that are doubt and unbelief that are contrary to what God says, if, if, if you say, oh, I can't do that, then that's contrary to I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, I don't have enough. I can't afford to pay my tithe. No, the Bible says tithe, and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and, and, and the devourer will be automatically rebuked because you tithe. I mean, in other words, anything that's contrary to the word of God, then we have to. No wonder Brother Hagin didn't talk much. He didn't talk much. What are we creating? What are we creating? If, 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 we're, if we're saying this, I'm just tired. I'm always tired. I just, I just, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. When Sunday comes around, I'm just so tired. And I'm just so tired. I can't serve. Well, oh, I'm just burned out in the church. No, you got burned out during the week. You got burned out during the week, and then you want to say you got burned out in church. That's not true. You got burned out. You were doing so much during the week, working and going out and star bucking and movie, movie going. You know, and everybody goes out to Starbucks and they all have a coffee and they get all the tables together and then like co-mingling and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, and then, and then when Sunday rolls around, oh, I'm just so exhausted. And then I just can't serve, so I'll just click off a PSO because I'm just so tired, you know. I'm just getting burned out in church. You got burned out during the week. Tell the truth. Come on, somebody. Amen. You were burned out during the week. And you decided to burn. <laughs> you decided to get burned out of church. What the what a? Something wrong with this picture. How about this? When it comes Saturday, you don't go anywhere. You stay home. And you rest for Sunday service. Imagine that! That's a novel idea! This <laughs> Saturday is rest day. We just rest on Saturday. I mean, I guess if you have to work, it's okay. I'm, I'm not talking about that. But if you don't have to work on a Saturday, you rest. and if you do work Saturday Saturday evening, you don't go anywhere. You don't go out. You don't go to the movies and get home at one or two in the morning. And then you got to get up at six or seven so you can. My, can I get a witness? This is good. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be burned out of church. I'll just tell you that right now. Hmm, that's right. I guess my week was just so busy. Got up Monday morning, and then I had to go to a meeting Monday night, and then Tuesday, you know, it was a ball game and all that kind of stuff because they had the kids, got to pick them up and take them to the, to the ball game, watch the ball game, and then Wednesday, well, you know, Wednesday, I got to get up and go to work, and then I got jujitsu on Wednesday and dance, you know, Zumba, and then, and then Thursday came around. My God, Thursday, well, I might take, be able to take a break on Thursday, but sure enough, I'm going to go to the Avengers Endgame on Friday night and Saturday night. And then we come dragging our carcass in on Sunday morning. What happened? I'm just burned out serving in the church, Pastor. I just can't serve today. I'm just burned out. I just got burned out. Why does God always get leftovers? Oh... When he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these wonderful provisions and all these wonderful things that has been provided by the cross will be given unto you. Listen, he's not trying to put yokes on you and things like that, and he's not looking for perfection. There's only one that's perfect. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is life. Come on, hello. But maybe priorities need to be adjusted sometimes. And maybe the Lord is getting the second second leftovers and all that kind of stuff. And really, and they we're trying to convince ourselves that you know it's it's God and Sunday that's causing the problem in our lives when it's really that we're just too busy during the week. And we've got so many things going on. Man, I wish I had a friend in here tonight. Praise God, amen. <laughs> Avoid quenching the Spirit of God. How do you quench the Spirit of God? Quenching, let me tell you the word, it's 1 Thessalonians 5.19, quench not the Spirit. To quench means this: to still, to quiet, to repress, to extinguish, to put out. So, in other words, when he starts prompting you, listen, slow down a little bit. You know, so you don't have to be so busy during the week. Come on, hello. You know, rest up. Oh, no. I'm just going to go and do this, and I'm just going to do that. And you know, I re- I really want to move in your life. No, that's okay. I'm I'm good. I I, I got my own relationship with God, Holy Ghost. Tell him the Holy Ghost. You got your own relationship with God. That's that's an amazing thing. He's trying to prompt you. You need to kind of adjust this a little bit, change that a little bit. You know, do self-examination a little bit, make some adjustments. I'm just going to urge you lovingly to grow. Can you imagine that God really encouraging us to grow past ourselves and help him and with others yeah. yeah he's going to encourage us to grow and God's not going to help, hold us accountable for what we do know but he certainly will hold us accountable for what we know That's right. and if we know what to do is right and we don't do it it is what it's, Yeah. so when you got like five years of LCU or you got RBI and there's no excuse and you got two years of Rhema I got two years of Rhema and I got Uh, Six years of LCU, praise God, amen. That's eight years of Bible college, praise God, amen. And three books later. You don't think God holds me accountable? Oh, he sure does. But he's also merciful and kind and gentle and forgiving? Absolutely, if I really repent from my heart and desire to do what is right. It's called working your salvation out in fear and trembling. Another thing you have to do in your life is not only, you know, like contend for his presence, but you've got to contend for faith. We are a faith-based ministry. The Apostle Paul, we preach the word of faith. Hello. It doesn't make us better than anybody else. Come on now. Is that just our camp? We're of the faith, word, spirit camp. That's who we. But if you take that lineage and it goes to Brother Hagen and it goes with Reinhard Bonnke and Benny Hinn and Maria with Eder and Jack Coe and A.A. Allen and John Wesley and Charles Finney and all the way, it goes all the way back to the disciples. You take that flow. You take. We are a ministry of the word and the spirit, not just the word only. And it's not just marshmallow cream word either. And we're not, we're not that way. I mean, we're just, we are who we are. But here's the cool thing. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, demons come out of people. Come on, hello, somebody, amen. And there's the miraculous that comes along, and then there's also the joy of the Lord. Can you say amen? So, like, the word can be like castor oil, and then the Holy Ghost is the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down. Can you say amen? And you have to have both, because we want to progressively move forward. And what is the motivation behind it? For the church, it's rewards. It's you living a successful life. It's for you to win no matter what comes at you, no matter what's thrown at you. And believe me, there's a lot of painful things that are thrown at you. Some at a day, on a daily basis, some on a weekly basis, some on a monthly basis. Come on, hello. A lot of painful things. And and maybe some discouragements and maybe even some disappointments just thrown at you. And most most of the time it's caused by others around you. Amen. Family members and children and grandchildren and co-workers and bosses and just, whew. I mean, if there were no people on the planet, Satan wouldn't know what to do except torment his own demons. And he does that anyway. So we've got to contend for faith. You should always have a faith project before you. Always believing God for something more. I have some faith projects in my heart. And that we're believing God for. Good. Amen. And we're endeavoring to be patient because we want to pay everything cash. Amen. Amen. We just want to, you know, and we've got to save up a little bit and save up a little bit. And when it's done, it's done and it's paid for and then you don't owe anything and it's done. Can you say amen? We want to we want to try to do that. You know what? We have like eternity? <laughs> yeah, Why? Well, amen. Yeah. So faith, faith is a very important thing. Don't, don't, don't lose your faith. Faith is simply a belief. It's a firm persuasion, a confident expectation. It's the title to what you believe. And we know that faith cometh by hearing. And hearing and hearing and hearing. But I want to also go to for doing too. It's not just hearing the word only. You know, a lot of people heard the word today. A lot of people heard the word today. But the, the truth of the fruit of the matter is of your application to the word of God to your life during the week. Did you, did you apply that which you heard? Faith is seeing into the unseen realm. There's two realms. There's a natural realm and there's a supernatural realm. We have to learn to live in both realms. There are tools to operate in this natural realm and there's tools to operate in the supernatural realm. And as believers, we have to learn how to operate in both. Because we're a spiritual people first. We have a mind, will, and emotions, which is our soulless realm, and we have a body, physical body. It's important. Cultivate God's faith. It's not, you can't be pleasing to the Lord unless you operate by it, by believing Him. Amen. I mean, you've done everything that you know to do, to stand. What do you do? You stand, right? Another thing, too, is this. Because we're a spiritual people, you have to cultivate spiritual gifts in your life. It's important. He encourages us to learn how to operate in that. I've I've said this to you before, many of you operate in a gift of faith and you don't even realize you are operating in a gift of faith. I say, what do you mean? Have you ever in your life, like everything you touch turned to gold? It was like, man, things are just clicking. I mean, I make this degree. Wow. And then all of a sudden it seems like it just kind of mellows out and you're thinking, my God, did I miss God? Did I backslide? No, you were actually operating in a gift of faith. Hello. And you didn't even realize it. When we go on the mission field, we operate on a gift of faith every single year. We step over into that. What do you mean? We have to believe God that the missionaries that are coming with us, nobody will get killed. Thank God. <laughs> nobody will get sick. Hello. That, and then we've got to believe God for everything to be at home Okay. Then nothing happens while we're away. Nothing happens to the house, to the church, or whatever, and to our family members. Oh, hello. And then we just got to believe God on top of that for the miracles and the signs and the wonders to happen. Then we got to believe, believe God for a big harvest of souls. And then we got to make sure that we got to believe God for all the finances to cover everything so we don't go in the dark. Hello. Or in the red, whatever you want to call it, right? Don't want to go in the red. And then we got to believe God with everybody else is believing God because they left their job for nine days and they got to have their finances taken care of. (laughs) It's a gift of faith that's going to do that. Come on, hello, somebody. In the natural, you think that. Money, people, ministry, business, everything goes smooth, nobody dies, nobody gets sick, nobody ends in the hospital, nobody keels over, family, hello, and then finances for the ones that you believe God because the people that are coming on the mission field really were believing God, hello, and then they got to leave their job for nine days and make sure that they have a job when they come back, hello, somebody. That would take a gift of faith. I was just going to tell you right now to believe God for all of that. And then when we step over it it's almost like peace comes on us. Just peace. It's like you're walking in peace because it's way beyond the natural mind. It's way beyond. And suddenly you got peace and joy. Everything's going to be all right. Woo. So cultivate. Listen, words of knowledge. Knowing in the future what's coming know what's coming. We need to enter into that body. At least this body right here. I don't know about the rest of the body, but this body right here. Start stepping over into the word of knowledge, which is present and future, well, which, which is actually a word of wisdom, where God begins to show you. Begins to show you. So I didn't make an announcement, but I think I can make an announcement now because I, I checked with some board members. Next year, we're not going to have a team. We're not going to go on a mission trip next year. A team-wise. I'll be doing a crusade, but I won't be having a team come with me. Me and Todd are going to hook up with Daniel King, and we're going to at least do one crusade. Why are you going to do that? Give everybody a break. You have one year to save your money. Hello. Save your money. Why, well, you all look at disappointment. <laughs> You're so we're already thinking about where we're going to be going, because I've got to make some trips this next year to some other foreign countries to see if a door will open up gotta go scout hello yeah. do you know there's only 45 people coming on this year did you know we had over 80 people in the last few years something okay maybe people need a break they might need a break come on hello we i'm going to burma in november me todd as far as i know we're going i talked to daniel he's like hey listen we just, i just want to verify that it just takes two days to get there Two Days to get to Burma, it's on the border of China, Thailand, and India, it's, it's halfway around the world. I wish I could breathe in the water, I, yeah. I'll probably wish it's not going to do it. But all things are possible to <laughs> that. Believes, I, I got a pool, I can practice. Praise God, amen. But you know what? I probably should get to walking on water first before I decided to go. <laughs> And then I could walk to the Dominican Republic. Praise God. Amen. Oh. Hallelujah. So next year we're not gonna do it. We want you to save your money. If you really want to go. Why y'all look y'all look disappointed? Y'all look so disappointed. Well, you know what? We have to be led by the Spirit of God. And I canceled. I can't can't I didn't can I canceled. Praise <laughs> God. Yeah, we canceled. Well the team, the team, the team, though, the team. The team. I the team. we we got to figure out where we're going, what we're going to be doing. I, I saw, I'll throw this out. We may be going to Panama in 2021. Okay, so i got a connection in, in, in Panama, and so I may be taking a trip in March of next year to Panama to see if that's a potential. And it's going to cost more. It's going to cost more. <laughs> so get your jar out. Put missions, world missions, because you'll have more than a year to raise maybe 2,500 bucks, or 2550, because the airlines it went through the roof this year. And thank God, there were some people that heard the Lord to help us. I love somebody. Come on, amen, to help us. Amen. 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 And you know what? We did this almost 10 years ago. We took a break for one year. How many remember when we took a break? You don't remember when we started, when we planted the church that year, we took a break. Yeah, it was a team break. It was a team break. I I did a crusade in the country of uh, Nepal, I think it was. Yeah, Nepal was one and then Honduras was one. Hallelujah. So sometimes we need to regroup. You know, I haven't heard anything about Miami. I think, I, I think that we're past, the, we're past the point. Okay, so I'm okay with that. Okay. We're homestead, all right? We're past the point where we can make a decision to do something. Hello. Amen. So what am I, what am I telling you? Be led by the Spirit of God. Hello, somebody. Amen. Amen. So we're being led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. There, there's people here that want to finish LCU. Some of them can't do LCU and do emissions. the Some people can't do that. It's one or the other. So we're being sensitive to the people of what God is telling us because he's the overseer of everything. So I'm just the under shepherd listening to the great shepherd. Let me ask this question. If there was a possibility that you could go on a missions trip in 2021 and you started putting money aside right now, who would go? Let me see your hand. There. There you go. See? Hello, and this is the first year since the inception of us doing Crusades for 13 years that it dropped down to nearly half the people. Hello. Amen. I mean Pastor Todd is taking a whole entire group to Israel next year. So we miss that we miss all of his team. Come on, hello. And there's others that have said, so we're just going to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just re-gear. And then now we're going to start promoting 2021. Panama is awesome. You would love Panama. I've been there several times. They have America's Bridge. They use American money. I mean, it's, that would be a great trip. That was like one of my first ones. Panama was an awesome, awesome, awesome trip. They have the military base there. You know, that's where Noriega got ousted. By the Navy SEALs. <laughs> hello, come on, hello, somebody, amen. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. So we're, we'll see if that is a door that's open. I actually, the cool thing is, is, it was George and Mariella Marina. And George, when we first went there, it was in 1999. George was my interpreter, and he had an English-speaking school there where he taught you know, Spanish-speaking people to speak English. Now he's a minister. I think he's got like maybe four churches underneath him. And Mariella, his wife, we got her baptized in the Holy Ghost. I mean, she was filled like for three days. When she tried to speak in Spanish, God wouldn't let her. She spoke in tongues. She spoke in tongues while she was sleeping in the bed at night for three solid days. It's in my book, Flowing in the Anointing. You'll see a picture of them. George and Mariella Moreno, and now they're pastoring at church. Yeah. Yeah. So you never know. There's always, And I've had it in my heart to go to Panama. I talked to Daniel King. I said, what about, what about Panama? He said, I'd like to go back to Panama. He's done a crusade in Panama. He said, he didn't have a connection. He asked me, do you have a connection? I said, I believe I do. He said, I'd be, I'd be great. Good, good. Come on, we've got to foresee. Yeah. Foresee your future. Foresee. God will speak to you. Yeah. He'll talk to you. Yeah. Amen. Can you. Can you say amen? Amen. Yeah, foresee. All right, so your faith. Also, cultivate the spiritual gifts in your life. Cultivate prayer and fasting. Oh my gosh, you just said two cuss words in the church prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and (laughs) fasting. We're going on a 20, I'm calling for the church for a 21 day fast. (laughs) 21 day fast. You mean Daniel, right? Daniel, fast, right? Daniel. You mean you mean Daniel, right, Pastor? Daniel, right? I don't know where people come up with it. Well, I feel called to a fast. What was it? Netflix, Pastor? I've been called to called to fast in Netflix. I mean, the, the subscription's up next month, and I wasn't going to renew it anyway. Pray the Lord and God. God's called me. God's called me to a Netflix. <laughs> Netflix fast praise God <laughs> that cracks me up God's called me to fast TV I have heard so many if you've ever used that term shame on you that, that, that is not a fast God's called me to fast coffee <laughs> <laughs> That might be a pass, yeah. (laughs) That would be...
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, How many of you would be be obedient to (laughs) that? Not my chocolate mocha latte caramel. No, not that. Ah. Come back next Sunday. Maria Lino, is she James? Did he pick up a devil during the week or something? No, I'm passing coffee. It's a coffee devil. Praise God. Pray for me, Pastor. What's the matter? I'm having withdrawals. Really? Drugs, alcohol? No, coffee. Pray, Pray for me. Oh, my gosh. here's something that's very very important make sure 100% that you can hear the voice of God it's so important that you hear the voice of God and if God tells us something to make a major change that's going to affect people's lives. But if we make that change and it begins to hurt people, it causes an upheaval and it hurts people, that is not the voice of God. God does not (laughs) tell anybody to take a grenade And throw it in a mix and blow everything up. I'm sorry. He does not do that. He doesn't do it. Because of pain and because of hurt and and whatever happens, he does not do that. Sorry, he doesn't do it. Now, if there is sin in the pulpit, come on. Hello, and there's compromise, and there's flies in the ointment. Come on, hello, somebody. I understand that. I understand that. Okay, I understand that you need to flee. I would. I wouldn't go down with the ship. Hello, if there's no repentance, there's none. Hello, people press on. Come on, hello. Go on now. Yeah, yeah. God doesn't expect you to go down with the ship. But he also not interested in His name, blowing people's lives up. You do understand that, right? You understand that's not God, right? But people call it God. That is not the Lord. Hello? There may be some people who leave your life. Jesus had an entire congregation get up and walk out on Him. Did you know that the 70 disciples got up and walked out the door over one sermon. He made this one phrase Unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you have no. That's it! That's it! Cannibalism! We're out of here! We are out of here! He turned to his disciples and said, Are you going to leave me to... Well, Lord, this is just a hard saying. And then Peter hit his knees. Where are we going to go? You are the only one that has the words of life. Pastor Todd and Daffy told me, he he said, Dr. Jack... Out of all the years that we've known you, it's been like 14 years. We've never heard you teach like this. We've never heard this. Gary DeLay turned the to Todd and said, oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever heard Dr. Jack teach like this in all these years. And I said this out of my mouth without me knowing that. I said, there are some things that I have never said and I've kept in my heart because people wouldn't be able to handle it. But I felt in my heart as of recently to start sharing some deeper things because we're living in that time, that these deeper things. Jesus said, there are some things I could not tell you because you couldn't handle them. But as the sands of the hourglass are falling through that center, hello, there are going to be some things for, to realign Jesus' body for the rapture to take place and the outpouring to take place. If he says, I'm going to make all the crooked paths straight, how is he going to do that? He's going to do it through the ministers who are willing to say whatever needs to be said in love to help correct people's course so they don't end up deceived and off the deep end and totally messing up the entire plan of God for their lives. And let's go us. Let's go us. So it is important that you hear God's word in your life. It's so important and understand the consequences. If Pastor Murray and I say there's never a decision that we will ever make that affects the lives of others, for me to not think about what the repercussions were going to be. Hello? A lot of people they will result to the self-preservation rather than others' preservation. Come on. I, I, told, I told another board member, I said, I'm just not that selfish with tears in my eyes. I'm just not that selfish because I'm going to stand before God Almighty one day and I do want to hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter into that rest. Because that day's coming. I don't want to be that selfish to affect the body of Christ because of self-preservation. No. Maybe I just, am I thinking differently or is it biblically to do that? No greater love than this than one laid down his life for his friends. The greatest among us will be your servant even if you're treated like one. I'm not that selfish. And I fear God more than I fear man. You're going to start hearing these messages coming forth from these men and women of God that are full of the Holy Ghost and full of the Word. What is it going to do? It's going to bring alignment, truth, always brings alignment even if it's painful because we're living in a time where people do not know what truth is. Really, think about it. They don't know what truth is. Their truth is their own reality. It's not biblical truth. The only way for us to remain sane is through biblical truth. I'm serious. This is the only book that will keep you sane in these last days. And if we don't get it in us, You won't know what a garbage disposal is. I'm serious. You won't know. You'll think it's some environmental hazard that has radiation or something like that. True? I mean, even Caesar, or whoever it was, Pontius Pilate, even Pontius Pilate inquired, what is truth? indicating that he may not have known what truth really was. Or he wouldn't have asked the question of the one who is truth standing in front of his face. What is truth? Here I am. I mean, really, think about it. Think about it. I want you to think about it. What has kept you sane in this insane world? What will keep you sane from you not losing your mind and ending up in a straitjacket in an asylum somewhere. Has it not been this? I mean, the trials, the tribulations, the pain and the hurt and the disappointment and family, relatives and friends and things like that that aren't serving the Lord today and things like What has kept you sane? What, the Word. Absolutely. This Word has kept you sane and will keep you sane when people are going insane and making decisions. Do you know it's an insane person who says you can legally kill your child out of the birth canal? And I recently heard in that state, a man, watch this, killed his girlfriend and unborn child, watch this, and he was only charged for killing one. How many, did anybody hear about that? Besides I me, mean, you heard about that, right? Yeah. That is insanity. It is insanity for a doctor out of the birth canal to stick a tube behind the neck and shove it into the brain and suck the brains out of a brand new baby girl or boy and say, it's legal to do that and be okay with it as they clap their hands and with smiles on their faces. It is deception to the epitome of evil. You do not have this in your in your mind, or even in your heart, because that's what's going to keep people saying, as the days go by. For the days are evil, and they will increase in evilness. If you were here this morning, remember I said to you that I got a phone call. I'm actually a test from another security officer who owns a business, and he's gone full time in it. He He was working for one of our clients, and he went full-time. And his quote was, just checking on you, see how you're doing. Man, has it really gotten bad out here. And the guy doesn't even go to church. And he recognized that it's really getting bad out there. Thank God for the blood. (laughs) Thank God for angels. Thank God for Psalms 91. Thank God for the Word of God. Amen. Thank God we're going to heaven. Hallelujah. We're not going to hell. We're going to heaven. Thank God we're full of the Holy Ghost of power. Thank God. Amen. Amen. That your faces shine like the face of God. That your faces shine like angels. Where they look at you and see something different about you. Come on, hello. I get on the plane like this. And I get stares because everybody else is in their pajamas. Amen. They'll look at you. Who are you? What do you do? Who are you? Come on now. We're wearing a ball cap, a sweatshirt, and Mickey Mouse pajama pants. Praise God. Amen. As we're getting on the airplane with their little bunny slippers. It's like they have going to a sleepover or something like that. Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. I saw that in the airport one time. There's a lady with a sweatshirt on, Mickey Mouse pajama bottoms, and bunny slippers walking through the airport. It's like a double take.. <laughs> Has anybody besides me ever seen at the airport? Okay, okay. Thank God I'm, I'm, not, I'm among good company. Did I just see that? I had one lady tell me, because, you know, I wear cologne and I look nice and I'm diamond ring and all that, that nice. And, and I got my shoes and everything like that. And this is what she said to me. She said, you're either a successful businessman or you're a homosexual. Why are you shocked by that? People of the world do that to you all the time. They'll drop the F-bomb in the parking lot. Praise God. Yeah. We, were in the, we were at, we were at T- Tampa Bay Mall getting ready to go to Cheese fa- Factory, and one guy was dropping. Yo, Joey, what the peep? Are you doing, man? Come on. Why are we so shocked at that? Listen, I'm in the security business. There ain't nothing shocking me now. Yeah. I know exactly where you're at. Oh, you're in the ministry bubble. No, I'm not. We know exactly where you live in your job with your bosses. Mm. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm not a pastor, just, you know, what do you do? I cut the grass. No, Brother Don cuts the grass. Praise God. Thank God for Brother Don cutting the grass. Oh, you're just in your prayer room praying and fasting for eight hours a day. Nope. I know, I know what you're dealing with with your bosses and things like that and the patients.
1: Hallelujah.
0: The patience you gotta t- <laughs> you're like <laughs> yeah like you wanted to say scooby doo i am sure you've walked out like oh so rub I feel Catholic right now. Praise God, amen, Lord Jesus help me. How long, Lord, do I have to deal with these people? How long? I am not untouched with the feelings of your infirmities. (laughs) I know exactly what you're dealing with. Whoa! The Word of God will keep you sane. So God's voice in your life, it's important. It's important. And you know how to hear God's voice. Number one way is through the Word of God. Number two ways through the inward witness. If you can't get clarity on something, check with spiritual authority. Especially if their heart is right and they have your best interest at heart. Amen. They keep you safe. If I have to do it, you have to do it. Amen. If I got a check with a couple of board members about the decision we're about to make next year about not doing a team, and if they go, you know what? That seems good. And if it seems good to me and my wife, hello. And if it seems good to my family, the ones that are living for on for God and on fire for God and all that kind of stuff, hello. Amen. Amen. Then I'm like, oh, okay. This seems right, this seems good, I got peace, got a green light. Amen. And believe me, I kept telling, because she kept telling me, Well, oh, baby, have you made a decision? Yeah, I said, No, I'm just kinda searching my heart. Give me a few days. Come on, I'm gonna wait 36, 36, hours. Come on, hello, somebody. And if I need a little bit more time, then I'm having a little bit more time. Let me talk to some people. Let me see what they say. Best interest at heart, keep me safe. Hello. Don't want to get in trouble, tired of paying the price for making dumb mistakes. Hello, so I'm going to check with spiritual authority. I'm going to check with... I'm not going to blow the thing up. Hello, somebody. I'm going to check check them out. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Keeps you from blowing your life apart. (laughs) Woohoo! Glory to God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You doing all right? Can I just share a little bit more with you? Okay. Associate with the anointing. You want... God's presence, you have to associate with the anointing. So, what do you mean by associating with the anointing? Develop a DVD series and book series with ministers that are anointed of God that are, have huge fruit in their lives. For example, I associate with my pastor, Dr. Rodney. I can call him. I can call him on my cell phone right now. Either he will answer or I'll leave a message and he'll call me back. Amen. I try not to bug the man. The dude's all over the world. Hello, somebody winning the lost. Hello, casting out devils and dealing with the own issues. But because he's my pastor, hello, and if I need to call him, I'll call him. Amen. I associate with Catherine Coleman. associate with Brother Hagin. Every Sunday morning, she will put Brother Hagin on or Dr. Dufresne or Pastor Nancy, the Word of Faith. On, on, on her iPad. In the bathroom while she's putting on her makeup. Hello. In my bedroom, I have the Word of God playing. In my prayer room, I have worship music playing. Hello. I talk to the Lord every day. So my lineage is Dr. Rodney, which goes back to Brother Hagin, because I don't know if you knew this or not, but Dr. Rodney was an instructor in Rama, South Africa. Did you know that? How many didn't know that he was an instructor at Rama South Brother Hagen. Hello. Rama Cully, who started Rama South Africa. Rama Cully was a bodybuilder, a very successful bodybuilder, very well known in South Africa, who went to Rama, went back to South Africa, started a Rama church, and started Rama South Africa. Dr. Rodney was an instructor at Rama South Africa. Wow. Amen. So that's the lineage. Revival, Holy Ghost, Word. That's the lineage. My influence for Crusades was Benny Hinn, Reinhard Bonnke, T.L. Osborne. I sat with T.L. Osborne for eight hours with 11 other Crusade evangelists at Daniel King's house for eight hours. Of course, T.L. Osborne is home with Jesus now. But he was the one in our modern day, he he was the father of crusade evangelism. And you ready for this? T.L. would go to a country and he would do crusade night for eight or nine weeks. Not just three nights or nine days. Nine weeks until the whole city was affected. Right? You know, you're a historian of that. You right? Know yeah. Hallelujah! I said Hallelujah. Is that powerful? It's powerful. So associate with the unity. You know, go to meetings where the power of God is manifested, not just preached. Miracles are happening, and people are getting healed and set free. The joy is being poured out. <clears throat> Don't ever leave the joy. I'll leave that. Come on now, you can let it slip. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12. <clears throat> I mean, Hebrews 2, verse 1. We should take the most earnest heed to those things which we hear, lest any time we let them slip. You can let these things slip. You've got to cultivate them. You've got <clears> to, <throat> meetings. Sow seeds into ministries, financially, service-wise, ministry of service-wise. Associate with the anointing. Get yourself a library. Watch, watch Catherine Coleman on YouTube. Watch A.A. Allen. Watch, the, watch those. It'll create a hunger in you. <clears throat> you also have to do this. You've got to cultivate your love walk. I'm going to say a very powerful statement here. Listen to this. How many of you want the gifts of the Spirit to operate in your life? Let me see your hand. Okay. So here's the key. I'm going to give you the key. This is the key. You also have to live the fruit of the Spirit. Because without the fruit, there is no power. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control is the character-forming things in which the anointing and the power of gifts will flow. If you cannot walk in love, you don't have joy. I don't know of any preacher who's just depressed all the time. Do I look depressed? Do I look pretty joyful? You know, I, I live this way at home, too. I may get discouraged, but I, I don't stay there very long. I mean, ask the one who lives with me. Amen. Love. Faith cannot work without love, because faith works by love. love, right? Yeah. Without faith, you can't have the gifts of the Spirit, because you've got to believe that the gifts of the Spirit are there. They're a gift, To you. That means it's given. Once God gives you a gift, He doesn't take it back. So the gifts of the Spirit operate by the fruit of the Spirit. How does the fruit fruit of the Spirit come to life? Through the trials and tribulations which Jesus said you would have. Why are people trying to escape trials and tribulations? Jesus said, in this life you will have trials and tribulations. The key to getting through trials and tribulations is by operating by the fruit of the Spirit. Come on. Amen. And, so the, and therefore, the trials and tribulations will actually form the fruit of the Spirit in you because it's going to take love to overcome your nasty neighbor. It's going to take love to not be offended by people. We want, I want to flow in the gifts love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self control. Enters you into the nine gifts of the Spirit three utterance gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Three revelation gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. And three power gifts the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. The fruit energizes the gift. You operate in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. With the situations that you're facing right now with the people in your life that are giving you the hardest time. A word of knowledge will flow. The gift of faith will flow. The working of miracles will flow. Amen. 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 So cultivate God's... You can't say that you don't have love because Romans 5.5 says, The love of God is shed in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You can't say, I just have a hard time. I I have great difficulty loving people. No, you don't. You're not allowing that love in you to flow out of you. That's all it is. You've corked it up. You corked it up. You corked it up. Maybe because of offense. You corked it up because of disappointment. You corked it up because of bitterness. You corked it up because of anger. You corked it up. But the love of God is on the inside of you. Right, listen, just shake it a little bit. Guess what How? <laughs> <laughs> These things I shared in Texas, you should have seen the people's faces. I never, 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 never heard that before. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. The last one. Cultivate God's hunger. You got to cultivate God's hunger in your life. A hunger for God. Put it that way. Yeah, Cultivate a hunger for God. Matthew 5, 6. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. You, gotta, it, it, you want God's presence in your life? You got to hunger for these things. You got to hunger it. Got hunger, got hunger. Psalm 63 is probably one of the most powerful chapters on the hungry of God because it's it's King David crying out to God how hungry he is to see the power of the Lord in the sanctuaries. He's seen it before. That his heart thirsts after God day and night. In the night watches, in the day. He's just, he's just constantly pursuing God with hunger. Let me read to you, Psalm 63. Out of the, the Passion Translation, it'll show you, and we'll close with that, it'll show you the, the, the passion behind David's heart toward his father. No wonder God said he's a man after my own heart. Psalm 63. Listen to this. O oh God of my life, I'm lovesick for you. In this weary wilderness, I thirst for the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power. Isn't that an interesting statement? Every time he goes to church, he's energized to see what God's going to do and how God's going to speak to him. It's not out of duty. He can't wait to get there. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power, to drink in more of your glory or your presence. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. You think about it. King David, who was an adulterer and a murderer, and he's saying, God, your tender mercies toward me. Have you heard me say this? Who can fathom the mercy of God? Where am I getting it? King David. Where am I getting that? For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and I praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you. For the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. That's his mind with emotions. I lay awake each night thinking about you and reflecting on how you helped me like a father. How many times have I said to you in the last few weeks, there are times I walk out my front door and I lift my hands toward heaven and I see the moon and stars and the tears in my eyes and say, Thank you so much. How many times have you heard me say that? Where am I getting it? Right here. There is, there is an organization to my madness. There is something that I'm saying that there's substance behind what I'm saying to you. It's the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I lay awake each night thinking of you, reflecting on how you've helped me like a good father. I sing through the night under the splendor of your shadow. Offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. I sang a new song in Pastor Todd. The theme of his thing was greater glory, and I sang a new song about greater glory. It was awesome. It was off the chain. I, used to, I stirred myself up to happiness. With passion, I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to yours. Let me say something to you about your pastor. Let me tell you something about me. When things start coming at me like it ain't nobody's business, I've learned just to be quiet and be peaceable. I don't panic because sometimes there's so much will come at me like crazy. And when it starts coming from everywhere, like I said, when them arrows... Whew, Coming, they're coming from everywhere. Coming from everywhere. Now, I haven't always done this, but I've when it starts coming at me like, oh, and it's when it's overwhelming, then I just, I just start, you know, I just start. Okay, all right, this is good. It's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be all right. Everything God's gonna work it out. Everything'll be all right. It's not my fault. Not your fault. Come on now, hallelujah. Amen. Everything's going to be okay. He's got the Lord. That this is where I can say because I'm at, I'm keeping my peace and joy, that I can say that God's got this because I have peace and joy. I'm not in panic mode. I'm not like going to lose it. I'm not losing my mind. I'm not I'm not getting into fret not, and getting into anxiety. Hello, or depression or anything. I'm just like okay. It's coming at me like it's coming like banshee of hellions coming at me. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's just coming at me. Okay, all right. I'm going to step over here and just be peace and joy. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Not that I don't have to fight off discouragement. Not that I don't have to fight off quitting and saying, forget it. Come on. To hell with the world. Anybody ever, anybody besides me ever been there? (laughs) Come on, hello somebody. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so I get over here. And I was like, whew, okay, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. The Lord's done it for me in the past. He's going to do it now. He's never failed me in the past. He's not going to fail me now. Amen. If I, if I need to check my heart to make sure everything's okay, okay. And if I repent, if I need to repent, if I need to talk to somebody, I need to ask for forgiveness, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm going to humble myself before the mighty throne of God, and he will lift me up. I'm going to, I'm going to, if maybe I did something. Just let me share this with you. You probably could relate to this. Okay, so White Sands, okay, where we have one of our clients, all right? So I'm standing there, and one of the people that were working there says to me, we have a client here that possibly has a warrant for their arrest. I'm like, oh, okay. So then I said, well, do you have a picture of them? They said, well, you know, we can, I don't know, maybe we'll get you a picture. Or not. Well, this person decided to contact the owner because I said once they're released or they go AMA, I will probably call Plant City to have them come and pick them up.
1: Right?
0: So this person, it's, I'm not going to tell you if they're there or not there, but this person kind of threw me under the bus and said that I actually crossed the line. So I got called in from the owner. And they said, well, we kind of feel like you crossed the line. And I'm like, well, can you explain to me how that crossed the line? Because I wasn't going to call the person while they're here. There's HEPA laws and there's laws that you know, keep them whatever because they're in a facility to get better. But once they leave, they're no longer a client. And now they're going into society. So I began to explain to them if they have a warrant, they have a felony. Hello, and now we're going to release them into this community where we're trying to keep a good reputation with the police department and the community? So the head person says to me, well, you know, we, I, that's very commendable. Turned to the owner and said, that's very commendable that he was actually thinking about us. But this is what I did. Hey, listen, if I cross the line, please forgive me. I'll own it. And then I walked out, and I thought, I didn't cross the line, because here's the deal. What if that person is let loose? They go murder somebody in somebody's house because they're whacked out on drugs or whatever, and then all of a sudden they want to make this place a refuge, and they get checked back in. Because, see, our laws say this, that even police can't go in there without a special warrant. They have to get a special warrant. Even the FBI, the CIA have got to get a special warrant before they can actually go into these type facilities to arrest somebody. So watch this. I wasn't wrong. Come on. Hello, somebody. Really? You think, okay, uh, well, yeah, he was trying to really, mm-hmm, okay. Because when they said to me, well, they said that you said that you were going to call, you know, and, and the police. I said, no. And then he hands me the email, and I read the email. And I said, well, yes, I said that. But it wasn't until the person was either released properly or they decided to leave the facility and go into the community. But if I crossed protocol, please forgive me, I own it. And I, this is what I said. I didn't say, well, I wasn't told. I said, I should have known. So what is that? Somebody tell me what that is. Humility. So humility is my protection from deception because we could all fall into deception somehow, way. So humility. Hello, and if I know that my conscience is clear, come on, hella. you don't think God's going to get my back? Absolutely. And then as of recently, the owner said, you're the best thing I've ever made, the best decision i ever made for this place. Come on, hello, somebody, amen. So God always, listen, the book of Romans says that God is just and He's a justifier to them that love Him. Somebody look that verse up for me real quick. God is just, and He's a justifier to them that love Him. I believe it's in the book of Romans, and then we'll, just cl- we'll close out with this, okay? So cultivating a hunger for God, hungering. So while you're looking that up, I'm just going to go down the list here. Constraining God's presence in your life, constraining faith in your heart, constraining spiritual gifts, uh, constraining prayer and fasting, cultivating prayer and fasting, hearing God's voice in your life. Uh, associate with the anointing, cultivate your love walk, and cultivate a hunger for God. Eight things. So what verse is it? Romans 3.26. Romans 3.26. What does it say?
1: To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in
0: Jesus. So any situation you're in, whether it's a court case, whether it's with your employer, Listen, God is just. And He's a justifier. He's a good, just God. And He will justify you. Hello? Even with your employer because you know Jesus' name. You love Jesus' name. So if anybody treats you unjustly, you have a justifier. (laughs) Come on, hello somebody. Amen. That will treat you justly. Can you say amen? Okay, I'll hope, I hope this helps you all tonight. Amen. It's only 8.35. Praise God. Amen. Or is that 9.35? It's 8.35. Wow. Blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be heard again. It's a miracle. My God, we didn't last till 10 o'clock on Sunday night. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet if you would. Does anybody have any questions about what we're talking about tonight? About anything? And you're like, hmm, okay. Is there any questions about anything that we're talking about tonight? Does anybody have anything you want to ask about the anointing? James. I
1: you know something that kind of popped up to me whenever we were talking about how the Lord's going to make
0: the crooked path straight. Me coming from a construction background, the first thing that popped in my head is it's always a messy thing. It's never anything done easily. So it, when, like if we're carving a road somewhere, there's trees in the way, they've got to come down. There's mountains in the way, anything in the way, we've got to either go through it, over it, under it. So with it, with it being, a, it's not going to be an easy job. It's, it's going to have to actually be, it's got to be done. Remember, remember I said this morning that you can't get any oil until you, there's a crushing? Isn't that right? Did I say that this morning about crushing, right? Can't get any oil out of the olive until the, the, oils, until the olives are crushed. You can't get any new wine until the grapes go into the vat and they get trampled upon. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's move this out of the way, will you, guys? Come on, lift your hands. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Man, there was a really mature word today. I'll just tell you. I mean, it was one of them Sundays where there's correction. There's so sometimes you just need a good drink afterwards. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I mean, really, a lot has been said today. Amen. Course corrections. But you know what? We just can't have just the word without the oil. It's the balm of Gilead. The bomb of Gilead. That bomb that soothes. Oh, hallelujah. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
1: Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: of the effects of heat that come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me have the young people come up here. Young people. Come on kids. I want to pray for you guys.
2: kind of hard in there
0: wonderful. Lexi come here pick this one up too right here you know when you used to be in the world you used to, like, you used to be a sipper I mean you just you, you, were, you just you would just sip a little bit at a time oh Whoa. save to serve yes Suddenly like pick her up, pick Kayla up. Like that that came out of nowhere, didn't it? Kayla. Bye-bye. Life Christian University Believers Authority class and call some of your friends tell them to come it's an eye opening thing what we present is eye opening it um, the enemy tattletales on himself which equips you to understand your authority in him in Jesus so it's always good to have a refresher of those things we show videos DVDs talk about the Things of the enemy. The Bible talks about the Book of Acts. We don't have to be ignorant of the devil's devices. And if we could just learn to recognize them. Remember, I said you have to have operate in both worlds—the natural world and also the spiritual world. And God's given you tools to operate in both realms. Amen. So we love you. Have a great week. Be blessed. See you Tuesday.